Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 329. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Today's episode is sponsored by Trauma Therapist Network. Trauma Therapist Network is a platform for finding a trauma therapist, learning about trauma, and understanding about how trauma shows up in our lives and what the healing process can look like. Go to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com to learn more. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there... Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today my guest is my friend and colleague, Mary Sue McCarthy, LCPC. Mary Sue McCarthy, LCPC, NCC, is a second level natural life midship practitioner working toward her final certification. In private practice in Hunt Valley, Maryland, Mary Sue welcomes clients 25 years old and older for support with recovery from trauma and related symptoms, including addictions, depression, social isolation, and feeling stuck. Mary Sue is a Maryland registered and board approved clinical supervisor and is available for consultation with therapists seeking to start their own TFEAP practices, which you're going to hear us talking about today. Mary Sue, someone I've worked closely with as a consultant for several years and someone who's been a super great support to me and this podcast. So I'm very grateful for her. In today's conversation, Mary Sue talks about her practice as an equine-assisted psychotherapist focusing in trauma with TFEAP, and she talks about how equine work, as she has learned through natural lifemanship, relates to our relationships and our attachment. So I think you'll find this conversation very interesting. I know I did, and 
She also talks about some practical aspects of developing a practice focused on equine-assisted psychotherapy. So let's just dive right into my conversation with Mary Sue McCarthy. My guest today is Mary Sue McCarthy. Mary Sue, thanks so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. I am delighted and honored to be here. You have helped the therapists in the trauma world with all of your energy and ideas, and I am very happy to have been invited to contribute. Thank you. You are a great supporter of everything I'm doing, and you're always telling everybody about it, and I'm extremely grateful to you for that. So it's very mutual. We're both doing what we can do. So... I'm really excited to talk with you today about trauma-focused equine-assisted psychotherapy. But before we get into talking about it, will you just start off by letting our audience know a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. I recreated myself in my 50s from a marketing and PR consultant to a therapist. And that occurred because after drinking, that got increasingly less fun in my 50s. I became sober and honored a voice that had been in the back of my mind for many, many years that I had a calling to use, you know, my skills to, to be a therapist. So I'm a little bit late to the game, but I, I bring lived experience both in the addiction recovery world and the trauma recovery world. So I'm also an avid horse person, not the best rider in the world, but that's okay with me. I've always loved horses and the peace that they can bring. And that's why part of my practice, which is trauma focused and addiction recovery focused, we work with And I use that word work carefully because in this equine trauma-focused psychotherapy, horses are not a tool or a work item, and they're actually not a mirror of us. They are individuals that have feelings and expressions and emotions. And I've learned over time how comforting it it is to be in the presence of a horse and actually how co-regulating it can be. And we can talk about that in a minute. So I have added equine psychotherapy to my practice in Glenarm, Maryland is where I do that work. And Glenarm, is that near Hunt Valley? Glenarm is about 20 minutes to from Hunt Valley, but it's better described as 15 minutes kind of north of Towson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful up there. Yeah, and it's not out of some areas reach mm-hmm. in the Baltimore kind of Baltimore County, Baltimore areas. Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people who are horse people say working with horses, and I'm not talking about therapy here really, but I'm talking about people who ride and work in barns. They say it's my therapy. So, <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. you can tell from people who work with horses that they get something in their body. They get like some kind of an embodied experience through that work, but there can be in that world, you know, the horse is like, has a job to do and it's being used in a way that isn't the same as how their role is in equine therapy, like as the living being that they are Mm -hmm. to share what they have to offer, like you said, not to mirror to us. So I really want to get into that, but can we start off by talking a little bit about how you 
what your experience has been with connecting with horses? Sure. Well, I have to say over the years, I have observed horses used as tools or vehicles for achievement. And I'm all, I think we're all, we can all be okay with achievement and goals. But in equine assisted therapy, we spend a lot more time moving very slowly through the somatic reaction that the client has and what we think or imagine the horse is having. So in answer to your question, what, you know, what do I get out of it? I think, is that what you were saying or working in this way? First of all, according to Bettina Schultz of the Natural Lifemanship Institute in Texas, which is where I've gotten all my training, horses are the only sentient mammal or animal being that a that carry us. And that was really profound to me because as a trauma therapist, most of my clients have had such chaotic, emotionally abusive, no consistency. And in a way, they were never carried, mm. never nurtured. Held, not held. Mm-hmm. So number one, a horse can carry us, which is very, very unique. I mean, we could, I guess, get on a camel, but like how comfortable would that be? Or but horses, an elephant, but they're not right? really, that's not really what they're right. meant to do. No. And horses' mouths are formed so that you can put a kind, we call it a bit. So if you think about that evolutionarily, wow. So here is an animal that can support us and allows itself to support us in a way that many, many people have never gotten as children. Second, the movement of a horse is rhythmic and regular in any aspect of riding. I'm not sure about barrel racing. But if you allow yourself to somatically relate to the horse, the movement is exactly what we need as the young infant. And again, I'm going to, going to refer to natural life and shit. In utero, we are rock rhythmically, we move and we float. And if you think about where is the opportunity to replicate that, if you didn't have that, it could be horses. Number three, when I am really stressed out by home issues or in any area, you will often find me sitting <laughs> on a stool in my horse's stall when everyone's left the barn, listening to the rhythmic chewing of the hay. And number four, my horse is a safe place to cry, to have conversations with my father who's passed away. For example, I can lean on my horse, whose name is Dolly, and just know I'm with another being exuding warmth. And it's a very safe place to say maybe what you need to say to someone that's not here, if that is something that's comforting, or to just hang out. You'll see many of us at the barn just literally hanging out with our horses. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it's, you made me think of a few points. There's something for me around about being around horses. I'm drawn to being around them and just mm-hmm. something about the energy that they give off feels peaceful and safe. Although, you know, I know for myself with the less familiarity of being around them, I've, I've spent more time around them now, but at first it was also kind of scary because not knowing, you know, I know you can't just stand behind them and you could get kicked and not knowing how to be safely aware, you know, around them. So there is a bit of a learning curve when you've never spent time around them, but there's something where you're just, for me, like I can, 
It's almost like the barn chores, like, you know, putting in hay or cleaning out the manure is, those are like chores, but they're almost like ritualistic kind of things mm -hmm. that you can do in the barn as just a reason to be there, you know? <laughs> I do. Grooming. You'll find a lot of us helping at the barn and grooming and doing things, as you said, that are ritualistic and patterned. Yeah can downregulate a human. And horses are often our co-regulators, particularly when we work with a horse as a partner, not riding, but in the therapy sense of approaching a horse, as you said, learning to respond to a horse in a way the horse feels safe. That's kind of the flip side. And if, if you want, I could talk now about the concept of attachment and how that works with horses. That would be great. I know, you know, you said how a lot of people with trauma come mm -hmm. into therapy settings, bringing a history or, you know, a childhood experience usually of a lot of chaos and unpredictability. And even if the person doesn't necessarily present as someone who gives off like a feeling of chaos, you know, like they, their life may not look like that now, but it still might feel like that mm -hmm. inside. And so I'd love for you to talk about how attachment work with clients and in the individuals with those experiences, as so many of us have as well, as therapists can the attachment aspect of this work mm -hmm. would be beautiful. Thanks. Well, again, the Natural Lifemanship Institute is the only organization that has created a trauma-focused equine program. And the next class I want to take, or the higher level training, is EMDR in equine psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. So understanding that the training is trauma-informed. I don't want to generalize, but I think I need to here. Most of my clients come to me challenged with extreme attachment rupture or lack of attachment at all. So here's where a horse comes in. Remember, the horse is not going to make a verbal judgment. The horse is not going to physically hurt them. Um, the horse is just going to be a horse. So the concept of natural lifemanship is learning how to attach in a way that helps us, helps our clients tolerate, build the window of tolerance for the scary feelings that come up for people who have had no practice in attachment or no modeling and co-regulation around attachment from primary caregivers. So the horse is our partner in that. And in a session, for example, I would invite a client to enter a relationship with this horse, number one, that feels safe for both of them. And then as we would move along in further sessions, we would practice the concept of attachment with connection. And then here's the, here's the difference, detachment in connection. Because for many trauma, traumatized clients, holding their own in detachment, i.e. putting up very strong boundaries when they're being emotionally humiliated is very, very, very difficult. And many of my clients do not have the experience in asking a person or telling them, I'm going to detach from you right now, but I can still be in connection if it's a 
relation, a family relation, or a spouse or a partner where the client chooses not to sever the relationship altogether. They need practice in setting up those boundaries and making those requests. Like, no, when you say that to me, I feel as all of the therapists that may listen to this know if you've had if you've had your head chopped off and you're growing up every time you make a request you're not going to make requests and right especially in families and this is common where children aren't allowed to say no you know no is right. not an option right so with our horse partner, should the horse want to maybe rub its large head to get a fly off against the client's shoulder and the client is uncomfortable with that, the client then practices saying, no, that's too close and practices doing it in a way that respects and understands how the horse might receive that and how, if they so choose to stay in connection, but almost in their own solid space, as I like to say, on their own two feet. So that's hard. Um, my clients have often abreacted when I have suggested that let's practice detachment. Because there's a way that you can ask a horse to detach and, you know, clients become very tearful and sad. I, I don't want to push this horse away. What, what's it going to be like for the horse? Well, I think we know that's a, that's a projection from inside the client who, are, who is trying to deal with what that was like for them when they were pushed away. It's interesting when you say, I think we know that's a projection because I think the client probably doesn't know that's a projection. <laughs> and I've no, no. done this myself with like, how do I set a boundary with the horse without force or, mm -hmm. you know, hurting the horse's feelings? Like, it's mainly more about like, for me, not wanting to be physically harming them or do, you mm -hmm. know, doing something cruel, even though, you know, it shouldn't be cruel to just say, no, I don't want you to bite my shirt or whatever, you know? Right, right. And, and horses understand that. And that's what's so interesting. Up in our executive functions of our brains, we understand that horses live in herds and are asked all the time by their herd mates, don't push me, please don't scratch your head on me. But then when we try to do it and bring our own history to the activity, it's it feels scary and we get that feeling in our stomach. And if, if I stand up for myself in an appropriate relational way, then I'm going to, I'm going to hurt the other person's feelings. They're never going to like me. I'm not going to get the job. I Nobody, might be rejected. Oh yeah. But that doesn't happen with a horse. So it's, it's now cruelty and things like that. I've seen a lot of, and that's a totally different thing. But, and I'd just like to bring up another thing about horses that um, natural life and ship has helped me understand. They dissociate just like we do. They check out. Yeah. And often it's when they're being asked by their human handlers in this case to go round and round and round in circles to carry people with no who are, who have no vibrations of connection. Often my trainers will say, if you don't hold your leg still when you're trotting, you're going to be just tap, tap, tapping and nagging and your horse will check out. Now they don't call it dissociation, but we as therapists would. So it's interesting when a client is in a relationship or trying to create a healthy relationship with the horse 
and we watch the horse dissociate, that's a moment. Well, yeah, I'm curious when you said before they're not mirrors, but what are they, what are they telling us or what are they, what's the message if, if we're trying to create relationship and they're dissociating, I would think it's saying that they can't feel our attempt to connect or something. Yes. And they don't, they don't trust. Ah. They've generally the ones that have been, you, you know, jerked in their mouths. I've, I've seen people kick their horse's stomach when they're tightening the girth that holds the saddle on and the horse's back hurts maybe. So they puff out their stomach. So they, the girth, they, the, the human has a hard time. I've seen people kick their horses there. So, and also we don't know, we don't tell our clients the history of the horse. And often therapy horses have been rescued in horse rescue situations. So they bring what they bring and we don't know it. Yeah. They have their histories too. Of course. They sure do. And horses remember they have incredible memories. So for a client that is trying to learn to trust herself, it's very interesting to walk through the process of that with a similar horse. But remember, the horse is not the mirror. The horse is an individual that in that case came with that history. So rather than being a mirror, they're not a blank slate. They're they're reacting right. to what we are putting out there. Yeah. And then just like we do in relationships, we react to other people based on our history and the other person reacts to us based on their history in the same way. Yeah. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Another interesting point, you can tell I'm really, I'm really excited about this work. Horses' brains, because they're prey animals, organize the way ours do, interestingly enough. They have the far back section, the fight, flight, then they have the middle section, the emotional limbic section, and then they have their executive functioning section, which of course is not like ours, but they, horses live on hyper alert. And many of our clients suffering neglectful or harsh childhoods live live in the same. They can either be hypo, way down, or hyper. As I've learned working with you, Laura, you know, just this state of constant dysregulation, nervous system dysregulation. So when both the horse and the human are regulated together, it's a co-regulation. It's it's a co-regulating, there can be co-regulating moments together. I've seen clients calm down their nervous system because the horse is like, hmm, I'm fine. I'm just here eating grass. 
Yeah, because sometimes we're really hyper aroused and don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. So we think we're coming from a neutral energy, but that's not what they pick up because they can they can sense what we may not even be connected to within ourselves. Yeah. And that's a very interesting point about natural lifemanship. I've studied uh, some somatic psychotherapy through the work of Pat Ogden. And what I've learned we can do with the horse partner is move very, very, very slowly. For example, the horse wants to get a fly off its face. So it comes up and it tries to scratch your shoulder. So if that's a boundary issue for you, for whatever reason, I, I as a therapist, will be completely silent, which as many of us know, can be a challenge. <laughs> and my role becomes more of an observer and I watch. And then we move to what was that like in your body? What was that like somatically? Because as we all know, as Besser, Bessel van der Kolk has taught us, Trauma lives in our bodies and we show the symptoms. So if I am observing quietly the horse-human interaction and the client becomes extremely anxious, then we walk through that, but in a somatic way. The theory is helps the client feel the feeling, which many of our clients don't. They have, we have no mind-body connection. Feel the feeling. Feel the feeling. And learn to tolerate it in a way, a soft way. I don't mean to sound harsh. And I, the word sometimes tolerate makes me a little, puts me off a little bit. But, you know, if you haven't, if you've shut down your feelings, because why bother to have them when you're five? I mean, this can start, this can start at infancy. If you're in a field of poppies and you're the tallest poppy, and you're in a dangerous environment, what happens to the tallest poppy? You get your head chopped off. Yeah. That's where horses come in. So you've been telling me about attach with connection and mm -hmm. detach with connection. And you, you've told me before that in Trauma Focus EAP, the client asks the, the horse for connection in a way that the horse has options. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. It's very important in natural lifemanship that the horse be given options. And they have usually what we say they have three basic options. Just like people, they can ignore us, they can resist us, or they can cooperate. And that it's important to know that if we make a request and the horse ignores us, well, that's okay. And then we rethink, how is it did we make that request? How did, how did that land? And generally in my work, the request is reasonable, but not forthcoming enough. It's a shy request. Mm -hmm. Like, could you move your hind end five steps away? Well, for somebody that's never, ever learned, felt safe to do that, asking a big animal to step away could possibly have consequences that, that feel. Those, that whole idea has a somatic feeling. It's a feeling. Yeah. And then, until we recognize and walk through the feeling, it's just going to live there. That's my kind of takeaway from my studying and working with you and yeah so you know i i thinking about boundaries and thinking about like can you not do that please you know when you don't feel you're saying it but you don't even feel sure of yourself when you're saying it and that's what and the other person hears this isn't really a serious request 
Mm-hmm. So like I'm thinking about that embodied, you know, you're saying it from an embodied place, mm-hmm. stop or please stop or whatever you're mm-hmm. saying, but in a different way where you are sure of yourself. And that's the hard thing when your boundaries have been violated throughout your childhood and you really don't know, you never had a voice to say no or your no was disregarded. I love the opportunity with equine work to be able to practice and feel what it feels like in your body when you try it and how you get nauseous or your your voice doesn't come out. You know, it's you want to say it's strong, but it seems like it's coming out in a whisper. Yeah. So it's it's a it's such a powerful way to embody what you're what you feel in within relationships. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you have talked about is uh, risking connection. Can you say a little bit more about how that shows up in TFEAP? Sure. Well, clients, when we start, we might say, uh, I'm starting with two new clients this week. I might say, how about we just be together and you introduce yourself to country in in any way that feels comfortable. It's country diverse. Yes. Country's a fabulous horse and lent to me by a wonderful woman. And I have clients understandably say, nope, I'm just going to stand here by the fence. And part of that, I think, is smart, particularly if they don't know how horses move and that when a horse shakes its head, it's it's not angry. It's not going to hurt you. It, and that, and I do help interpret that, but it just doesn't, you know, you do have to be aware of horses and their flight reaction because horses can move fast and, but they don't like to step on things. They don't like to step on snakes. They'll do anything to avoid falling down, stepping on you, but they can. So it, it makes sense to have some healthy fear, maybe not fear, but um, what would you say? Healthy. Like respect. Thanks. Yeah. But then once we see that country is, <laughs> I think country's about, I don't know, 25 and he's the most mellow horse ever. And once that is clear and sort of the way is safe, I've had clients say, nope, no, not doing that. I'm just going to stay here and be in myself. And I don't want to be in relationship. Matter of fact, I don't like people, you know, I'd rather do it myself. You know, I, I don't like to be in social situations. I don't like small talk, which is of course a little understandable, but, and then we just work, work through that if the client wants to, and it's not, you know, I would, I would change it up then and figure out possibly a way to suggest to the client that maybe they just brush country for a while to kind of get the sense of some rhythm the rhythm of the breathing. Horses breathe at a slower respiratory rate than we do. Maybe we do that for five minutes and talk about that just to help clients walk through a scary state of vulnerability. There's lots of ways we can help with that, but we go slow and we're quiet. This is not talk therapy. It's not talk therapy. And I kind of like that about it. You're using a little bit of a different skill set. Can you go into a little more detail about that? When you say it's not talk therapy, sure. you know, if someone's like, well, I want to tell my story or I want to, you know, will we not talk at all? Like what would Mm -hmm. people expect in how equine work is 
that's mm-hmm. different from talk therapy. Okay. If I start with a new client that is not a client of mine already, I don't know their story. So in a way, there's, you know, there's no history that I can like say, well, when the horse pushes you, does that remind you of your mother? You know, I would never actually say that. That's just an example. Yeah. So I don't have any history. So I, I meet the client exactly where the client is. And the questions that I might ask would be very simple. What's coming up for you right now? And then in talk therapy, where I know the client, I serve as a resource to make connections and to see links and to see patterns. But I wouldn't necessarily do that in this work. It's very in the moment. It's very present. It's very somatically focused. Did that Mm -hmm. answer that? Okay. Yeah, because I've thought about how, you know, for many of us, especially those who've had early trauma, it's extremely difficult to even put into words what we feel. So I'm hearing you say that healing can happen without, you know, the need for cognitive processing. Yeah. It's uh, bottom-up work, which is critical to Pat Ogden's somatic psychotherapy work, meaning we're not, see, this is why many clients keep saying, I know it's not dangerous. And they might point to their forehead Mm -hmm. and, but I can't, I can't get past that. My assault isn't going to happen again. Every time I hear a sound, a dump truck whatever. I know that. I know that, Mary Sue, but I can't move past that. So if they're working with a horse partner and the same feeling comes up, we can help, again, the word we all know, expand the window of tolerance, which then goes into the concept of neuroplasticity, which is very much a part of natural relationship. The more we practice and hold the feeling and act, respond to that in a way that is healthy, our brain will change is the theory. And that's what equine work can do. So Mary Sue, let's wrap up by talking a little bit about in a very pragmatic way, what, what goes into a, uh, equine assisted psychotherapy session, you know, You've told me about this before, but for people who are listening who might be thinking, oh, I want to try that, but mm-hmm. I need to I need to understand what it looks like. And for therapists who are thinking, oh, I want to start offering that, but I yeah. don't know where to begin. Yeah. Okay. If you're a therapist interested in this work, I would get on the National Licensure website. I am not a salesperson or a marketer for this company. They don't even know that I'm talking about them. And I would look at the training options and see how that resonates with you because you've got to understand the principles of this work. That's number one. And then pursue what what they call the fundamentals class, okay? Then here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. You got to find a farm. You got to have an owner that's willing to accept the liability. And that is hard to find. <laughs> Yes. And you have to have liability releases for yourself. The client must sign. Then the farm owner either wants their own liability or you build it into your release. And you've got to have, of course, proof of insurance. Now, my commercial practice insurance is by a wonderful company 
and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but equine is included. Mine has where you can add a rider to have equine or like canine assisted therapy. Oh, good. A little extra fee, but some don't have that. So it's important for us to check. Yeah. And if anybody, we can do it. Yeah. If anybody wants to know mine, I'm sure they can email me or, but you, you have to be very tightly wrapped around this farm. Okay. Then horse. I would not do this work with a whole, a two-year-old horse off the racetrack because their brains have been wired in a certain way. Now, lots of people take two and three-year-olds who are retired from racing and do a beautiful job retraining those horses. That's different, but you do need to find a horse like country who, who, I, you know, likes people. This is not about um, creating a relationship with a horse that's never related really to humans. That has just been a a tool. That's not what, what this is about, although many people do it very successfully. So the horse, the farm, the owner, the liability, and that's a lot to find. And in natural lifemanship, I didn't even mention this, but you you generally work with a partner who's called called the equine professional. It's you need to find an EP because as a therapist, your role is a therapist. The equine professional's role is to watch for the safety and welfare of the horse and the client. It's very two very different roles, and you have to find that person. And I have to say that has been a challenge in Maryland. I would think too, as a therapist, if you want to offer this and you need to find an equine professional and then you have to figure out your fees because obviously that person has to get paid somehow. And then there's the fee that you charge for your services. So that part's going to factor in as well. That factors in. I do not bill insurance, although some people or billers have said you bill a code for off property, off premise. That's not the way I do it. I I am what I guess we'd call private pay. And when I'm working with an equine professional, I split that because the equine professional is on the exact same kind of footing as I am. And that's the way I do it. it can you make, I mean, I don't think making making money is, you know, really a, not, a, not a priority in this particular work. Well, but, it, but well, it's on the other hand, we have to pay our right. bills. <laughs> You got it. You called me out a little on that. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I understand it's a passion, but we can't no, you're right. do a passion without being able to afford our expenses. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> so I do raise my rate a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've never thought about that before until just now, but that, cause this is something I want to offer one day too, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's a piece that's part of it. Well, Mary Sue, where can people learn more about what you're doing and maybe if they want to consult with you about this or work with you as their therapist. Sure. Naturallifemanship.com. They all know me. Bettina, Tim, Kay Bearfield is sort of is the administrative lady. She's wonderful. That's who you'll be texting and emailing to get into the courses if you're interested. And then you can always reach out to me at ms at marysuemccarthy.com. And I'd be happy to, to help you because we would I would love to see much more of this work. And Maryland has, as you know, such a strong horse history. It does. Yep. Mary Sue, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. I really enjoyed talking with you about this. I know you love this work and it's 
It really comes through. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm just honored and thrilled to have the opportunity. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you.